Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. What's up? Um, welcome to part two. Part two. Of a very Christmassy discussion. <laughs> a very Christmas for the love of Sophia. So this would be episode 109. 109. Um, so we talked about atheism in the last episode from a, a couple different perspectives. Why people might be atheistic um, because of epistemic or metaphysical beliefs they have slash critiques of religious systems and then also a more general skepticism towards religious systems because of how certain historical contingencies have played out um and so now we're going to explore some more things in this episode and one thing i i was thinking in the break that we didn't mention is the fact that there's different kinds of gods and the atheist rejects all of these different kinds of gods, right? So you have yes. the more, uh, what would you call them? Earlier historical conceptions of like polytheistic gods, mm-hmm. right? This idea, like the Greek gods, for example, or native tribal gods, for example, where it's almost like there's occurrences in mm-hmm. the, the world and we attribute the occurrences to the actions or inactions of the gods that are specific to that kind of thing, right? So it rains or it thunders or the fire is happening or there's war because something is happening with these uh, gods in in the other realm. And the the atheists reject that because they say, no, 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 there's natural causes for these things. Yes. And this is actually something shared by, I think, the early philosophers. Yeah. Right? Like this whole, they talk about the shift from mythos to logos. Correct. Even though I don't think that's like perfect, I think that's kind of something to keep in mind. But then atheists also reject these more, I don't know, I don't want to use the word modern because I don't think that's a good word, but the more later in history, um, super gods, like the the, the monotheistic religions, the Abrahamic religions. And they reject them also on the basis that there are natural causes for things. But this time, they're not merely rejecting that some minor god is making it rain. They're also rejecting the idea that there's a general super god that started all things. Because Mm -hmm. you don't need to account for that starting of all things. Because that's already contained within the universe. So, Do you think that's accurate to say all of that stuff is rejected? Definitely, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. And again, that reasoning, right? If it was, if that kind of reasoning was. So I think that my main issue with this idea that they have is the fact that for them, the fact that we can 
We have alternative explanation for stuff, right? Automatically, automatically means that we can disqualify the more complex or the less materialistic uh, explanation of things as wrong or non-existent or whatever. I think that's the issue that I have. Mm. That an alternative explanation to certain phenomena that were previously displayed, explained in another way, even if the explanation is, let's assume for a moment that they might be right and the explanation, the the new explanation, the added explanation is better, easier to understand, more elegant, whatever you want to call it, right? Whatever reasons, whatever whatever parameters we use, I don't think that that is enough to reject the other explanation completely and call it stupid or simply not simply wrong. Mm. I don't know. It just might have a lesser... Things can be explained different ways, right? We know, we all know this. Like if you're teaching, you know very well that you can... And, you know, for somebody who's a learner, you know very well that the same thing can be explained to you in different ways. And as long as the explanation gets to reach the point of explaining to you what a phenomenon is and how the phenomenon works and so on, um, in equally accurate way, I think it's very hard to say that one explanation is wrong mm. and the other one is right. I think we can say that explanations are, there can be better or worse explanation, but I don't know if they're wrong explanation. Mm. I think <clears throat> this is kind of, I didn't expect this to happen, but this is maybe a point where we're not in total agreement because I actually don't have an issue with the um, idea that some explanations would be wrong and some explanation, at least in theory, is right. Um, the, I think we need to clarify what wrong means in that case. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because I think that, of course, you can give a wrong explanation for, for an happening, right? I can say that... I can explain why the cup fell off the table by telling you that the reason why it fell was me pushing it, when instead there was a earthquake and that's why it fell, right? And in that case, my explanation, let's call it, will be wrong. But that's not an explanation, really. I am telling you what the causes of something is, and that can be right or wrong. By explanation, I mean the narrative that we use to explain the fact that the earthquake made the uh, the cup fall that might be different and there's no right or wrong way to explain it okay so th- we're probably using different definitions of explanation all right so because you're saying if you conceive of an explanation as a description of the causes and i'll use lowercase c in that in that case um there is a wrong one, and there are right ones for that. But you don't mean that when you say explanation. You mean the kind of, you said the word narrative, and I'm wondering if there's another way I could say that, the kind of story arc or the the linguistic means of delivering Correct. that causal message and also other things, mm-hmm. that one. There's not yeah. a, a okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
Okay. So because yeah, we can th- teach one thing and get at the same revealing the same causes, but through two different. Okay, I get what you mean. And I think that that's the difference that you have, honestly, between um, some religious explanations, let's call it, and and a scientific explanation. That's what's that's that's the difference. It's two different narratives explaining the same thing. Mm. And the interesting, okay. Yeah, the interesting thing is I think the atheists would say, I know they would say, we're not doing that. Right? We are not. just giving you a description of the causes. And I think there some religious um, philosophers would, would probably say that too. But at the end of the day, the atheist rejects both. Well, I'm not going to say both. I don't know if they would always reject the narrative, but they do reject the from because a pragmatic thing in the background. But they do reject the causal claims that the theists make. Whether those causal claims are for a particular natural phenomena or mm-hmm. for the the natural world as such. And I think that last one is probably the most interesting one because mm-hmm. the explanation given in an atheistic framework is typically, well, everything is kind of self-contained and there was the primordial soup at the beginning and this at some point resulted in what we call the Big Bang and then that's everything. And what's... Which is not mythological at all. What's that? <laughs> Which is not mythological at Which all. Which is not right? mythological at all. Um, the interesting thing about that explanation and and Holt brings this up in why does the world exist in in the first chapter is that it's kind of incomplete or at least it's it feels incomplete to the inquiring mind because in the same way that Bertrand Russell was inclined to criticize Aquinas on the basis that well God couldn't have created the universe because who created God so the cause of sui self-causing thing is an issue. It seems like you can also apply that to the Big Bang explanation because you're like, well, how did that happen? Why was that thing there in yeah. the beginning, right? Why was the initial something or the ingredients for the something, which is still something, so I'm going to stick with that, there in the first place? And is it really that crazy to speculate about the existence of something outside of that something, or something that's not quite a something, but loosely is a something. So to s- any- you're already starting with something, in other words. Yeah, and you know, this, we go back to the fact that, in a sense, the, the scientific-minded atheist is less is making less logical sense than than the. This is what you people. meant, okay? Okay. Because if you think about it, like it is more. The scientific quote unquote explanation is more prone to 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 infinite regress than the other one good point right because you always have to pose something before 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 without a never ending chain while instead the buck stops with mm. <laughs> with God in there right in the in the other in the religious stuff again i don't want to i'm trying since we're talking about Atheism. I'm trying to balance dispositions, right? I'm being playing the part, saying that uh, kind of the religious side of things makes sense, right? Uh, 
But again, I think we've got to be careful there too, right? Because that doesn't, because that doesn't, it's not as easy as I'm describing it. Let's put it this way, right? Yeah. I think you're just kind of taking a position because of the attitude attached to atheism, <laughs> right? Which makes sense, right? You're responding yeah. to a historical reality. This is how th- things play out as we see it in a bunch of different areas. Yep. Um, and I, it makes and sense. I, think, I think it's important to to frame truly the position that I am that I might subscribe a little bit more uh, genuinely uh, here to to make sure that 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 it's clear that there is an alternative to this too. There's not this this two are just not uh, are the polar opposites, but it's not the only two positions that you can take. Mm. There are other things in there within within this, right? I think because I said at the beginning, I said in the last episode that I think that both of the both of this position are common. There there's something that make today have in common, and this the, what I call a religious sort of. Uh, dogmatic sort of um, approach to to the way the universe works, at least from the metaphysical and epistemological perspective. And then we have the other issues that we were mentioning. I think we should go back to those uh, at the end of the at the end of the the episode, which was which were the the social political. Um, what can we say? Uh, consequences of of this of dispositions. And I think. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, no, no, it does. And I think, you know, you'll see responses by some people, not all atheists, that there's a difference between Gnostic atheism and then agnostic atheism, right? So the mm-hmm. the Gnostic atheist would be the one that's like, no, I know that God doesn't exist. Whereas the, the quote unquote agnostic atheist would be the one that are like, I don't know, but I'm kind of landing on this side. Versus the the maybe true agnostics who are like I don't know and I don't know if I'm landing on any side or if there even is a side, um, which paradoxically I think is the most reasonable. Mm. Like the idea that you know I don't know, and I don't know if I care about knowing. That's the Socrates <laughs> position, right? I don't. I just don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, and if I don't know, I cannot. Surely I'm not going to call stupid anybody. <laughs> so how so how does this play out? Because we started getting into this at the end of the last episode, saying that people kind of base their position sometimes not on the specifics of the position, but on the the surrounding aura of yep. the issue in kind of the ethical or social political sphere. We said at the very beginning of the last episode the previous episode that more people now at least consider themselves atheists or non-religious than used to and it's like a lot more common in younger generations yes so what what do we think is going on there i think that people are disillusioned with with religious ideas and religious specifically religious uh, ideologies they are disillusions. They, I think there is now a general sentiment that says that churches are kind of like states or governments, and because there's a power structure in there, and all power structure all the sudden, uh, power structures all of a sudden are bad, 
And because of that, we need to not to fall for whatever whatever lies or whatever whatever manipulation is going on in there. Mm. I think that that's what's happening mostly, um, which is not an unreasonable position to have. Um, that's just not my favorite position. <laughs> so, so the critique of religion from this atheistic perspective is not actually specific to religion, mm-hmm. at least not entirely. It's more just a critique of power structures in general, and this is just one of those power structures. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> you hear these people say, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, right? Okay, wait, wait. I'm happy you brought <laughs> this up because simultaneously you yeah. have uh, increasingly atheistic perspective, but then also that increasingly but I'm spiritual perspective. Exactly. So I think these two things are, are coming from the same perspective, right? There's mm-hmm. people recognizing of an element that is not necessarily materialistic, and this is to do with the fact that now we feel betrayed also by science, by the way. Like that is not also a power structure. That's not you know, mm-hmm. people have come to terms with the idea that there is no scientist in a in a lab by himself looking for the truth. But actually, that there is a structure within science as well that is not disinterested. I want to say they come to terms with that. Science has become political. Therefore, power structure. Therefore, I um, don't trust that either. Therefore, people are like, okay, this gives me that gives room for me to actually go and insert again insert back some elements of spirituality that were not allowed Hmm. before so do we think that these polls I guess you can call them and self reports are accurate or inaccurate is it is it that people are increasingly non-religious or is it that people claim that they're non-religious? Cause those are two different things, right? Cause I can claim that I'm non-religious based on maybe a not entirely accurate idea I have about religiosity. And so I'm distancing myself from something which isn't like a necessary part. Of a, a religious system. What do you have in mind specifically? I think well, we may agree on this, but it it reminds me of what we were saying at the, um, at the end of the last episode, where people reject religion, quote unquote, and around that whole phrase, reject religion, because they're like, well, certain versions of certain religions have been used to discriminate against certain kinds of people in certain ways. So I am not Mm -hmm. religious, right? Because I am not that thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting critique because that's not a critique of religiosity itself. It's, It's you pulling in what appears to be an accidental property and saying that's actually an essential property of religion and then rejecting it on that basis. It's almost like... If I okay, so Italian people, right? Yeah. Um, what is an accidental property, though common, uh, of Italian people? <laughs> Let's say. Don't know. I don't know. What's like funny Italian we're not, stereotypes? You're not that tall. 
You're not that tall. That's true, though. <laughs> okay, but okay. <laughs> so let's say I said, um, or hating South. the cold, right? Because you really yeah, don't like definitely, the cold. Definitely, definitely. All right. So it's like I say, listen, Italians, like Italy Italians, they have hated the cold uh, historically on average or something like that. Or it's not uncommon to see that when they come to America. Yeah. So, I'm going to say hating the cold is an essential property of Italianness, and then say I'm a Italian, right? I'm I am rejecting <laughs> Italianness on the basis that there is yeah. this belief or set of beliefs that have been associated with it. So, are you saying that <clears throat> some people move away from religion, or at least they declared to move away from religion? Because they're associating religiosity with some specific characteristics that are not necessarily proper or religion. They're being, people are being duped into believing or they just made a mistake and they believe that that defines what religion does or is. 100%. Because I have these conversations with my students and I hear that all the time. Can um, you... Just can you share any of this? Yeah. So, okay. Specific? There's a couple of different things I'm thinking. One thing I think is there's a tendency in the younger generations to gravitate towards atheism because they think that religion, whatever that means, um, denies non-hegemonic groups quote-unquote rights so here i'm thinking of like maybe sexuality stuff or sex stuff in general another thing i hear is that people reject it because the kind of religiosity they were exposed to growing up was very zealous and it was almost shoved down their throats or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so because of these associations, they're like, therefore... And it, so here's how this plays out in the class. is In the beginning of my intro class, I often do Thomas Aquinas, the five proofs. But I do a warm-up day beforehand that asks these questions like, well... Do you consider yourself to be religious or do you believe in God and why or why not? Mm -hmm. And is there anything that can change your mind? And the question is very broad. The question is about belief in God. And, And a lot of people say no. And the reason is not no because, and here's the reason why I don't believe in God. It's no because my parents were Catholic or something like that. Or no, because Christians say this thing. And mm. I have to go, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not asking you about certain Christians or certain Muslims or certain whatever, or even those concepts in general. I'm asking you about the concept of God. And so the conversation kind of changes after that when there's this divorce from the specific religious systems and from the particular sets of people within those religious systems. And that's when people declare themselves as spiritual or 
still believing in God, just not in a formal exactly, and not everyone, but that so, does happen. Okay, um, and and again, those are the probably anatheists will say that these are the wrong reason not to believe in it, right? Because you should truly understand that there's no God. So I think the the general atheist will not be satisfied. Dawkins will not be satisfied with this. Yeah, he's people. like, you're yeah, not really no. on my side. Exactly, you're not. You're not there. You still you still believe in fairy tales, right? Uh, just not the fairy tales that your parents tell you, but you still believe in fairy tales. Um, yes, it is interesting. I wonder if you are sort of implying that 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 is kind of bad that that is happening. Well, it's um, it's a category error, right? It's a logical mm-hmm. conflation. So, in this sense, you of course you don't like them to do to make that mistake, right? But it's also important to bring up in the beginning as part of general logical exercises because it's like if sure. I asked you if you like music or if you play music, and you're like, no, because you know I heard a lot of Justin Bieber. So I don't play music. That might be a good reason, actually. <laughs> Something <might> like that. <laughs> if you, no, I hear you. I hear you. No, I understand. I'm wondering, while you were saying this, I'm, I was trying to think if uh, if there is... Um, um, so, premise. I agree with you. I agree. I think that there's this categorical mistake, and the reason why you should or should not be religious shouldn't be that. Um even though it's oh, it's normal, I believe, to to put distance between you and an organization, which is what they perceive religion to be in that case, if you believe that they're doing something wrong, I can decide not to eat, I don't know, Monsanto's bananas and don't eat anything that Monsanto produces, but still I can go eat bananas, right? I don't know. I, I maybe I think there's like zero bananas besides those. <laughs> but yes, Corn. I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and I think that as long as they they are clear with the fact that look, what I'm don't believe is not God, but it's rather I don't want to be part of this religious group uh, because they hate bananas. Then. <laughs> It's okay, right? Yes. <laughs> I think that's fine with me. Um I am I'm I was trying to think and I think there is ultimately. I was trying to think if there are any specific position within this thing where me and you kind of disagree. Because mm-hmm. we seem to be strangely in lockstep up, up to this moment, right? Yeah, there was there was a moment there where I thought we weren't in the explanations bit, but that proved to be only in an ostensible disagreement. Yeah, that's that, that wasn't it. Um I'm wondering if if there is though some sort of a of a disagreement in this because again, both of us are critical of these these people that call themselves atheists, right? Mm-hmm. We are definitely critical of those. We're critical of the people that kind of decide to dissociate dissociate themselves from this just because of the ethical and and political um approaches right mm-hmm. if they don't understand at least that that is what they're doing um but I'm wondering if there is something else because 
And I don't know, I don't think we have ever declared on the air, I don't think we'll do this today, what our <laughs> affiliation is. I'm not signing anything. No, uh, but but I think me and you have a different approach when it comes to this stuff. Do I, I feel like, strangely, even outside of the realm of this conversation, this is an area where we've pretty much been in unison. I, I think there are slight differences, and I'm not sure if we can get into those slight differences without signing something. <laughs> but I, I wonder if we can see if anything else pops up by by virtue of these kinds of questions we're asking. So do you think uh, kind of launching off of what I just said that there really is an increase in atheism proper? Or do you think it's not really an increase in atheism proper, but it's something else showing up as the word atheism? Um, the, my answer to your question is not going to be satisfying, and it's, okay. I think I think it's going to go slightly. I'm going to slightly miss the mark of what you're asking. Okay. Um, I think that there is an increase in atheism, but not because people truly are reasoning in that direction, mm-hmm. but simply because this is the popular thing on TikTok right now. <laughs> so I, using TikTok as an example, I think that would fall under no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also. So, while we are at this, what do you think are the are the consequences, the social consequences of this of this alleged? You know, movement away from from religiosity. Yeah, we should think it, of a, a cool, quirky term for this kind of like lowercase a atheism that rhymes with the word or something. But well, it's I, not going to happen I, now. But I, I'll think about it. But I don't think it's coming up. I think, first of all, I think it does have impact. massive impact in a kind of Nietzschean way that people don't recognize for the same reason that people often don't recognize how deeply things run, um, how much more there is under the surface than there seems to be in a kind of weird to relate Nietzsche to him, but I actually think they have something in common, Plato cave kind of a situation. So I think one thing that is associated, that is correlating, to be sure, with this, as you said, is a distrust of power structures. And I would say, and Chulhan would say, an obsession with the self. Okay. Or at least an obsession with some idea proclaimed to be the self. There seems to be more happening with regard to my relation to myself and more happening with regard to my relationship to the government. It hmm. seems like the if you say say atheism is a relationship you have to the universe or God or something like that. It seems like if that's a foundation then 
whatever happens on that level determines mm-hmm. what and how much happens in those spheres of self to state, self to others, and self to self. And so it, I think it's kind of hard to parse apart which things are directly a result of that foundation, but we can kind of speculate about all the things that are, that are happening simultaneously. And one, I think, is a, a turn towards the self. I think mm-hmm. one is a turn away from the other disguised as a turn towards the other. Um, and I think another one is a turn towards the state. Hmm. And Interesting. these I things kind of intermingle. How do you think about this? <clears throat> I think that the first two are, it's reasonable to believe that. I think there's a third one, but I don't think it's like, I don't think they're turning towards the state in search of the new authority. Sort of. You okay, don't I think, think that? No. Okay, here's, I, here's I, a disagreement I, to explore. But Yeah, I think the state's, state eventually falls prey of the same categorization mm. and we end up pushing against it or away from it but that's probably for a different, maybe you know in a minute I think that there is a third thing that maybe you're including with the other two I think there's a general um, there's this general idea of inflated freedom yes right? Yes. Now I'm absolutely free to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And this comes from the fact that I have broken the shackles of religion that made me prude and uh, whatever, uh, reactionary and uh, conservative in the worst way in which you can take the term, right? This this shackle to these traditions, they don't mean anything, stuff like that. No so masters, for- no slaves. <clears throat> I'm now free to do whatever I want, uh, no matter what, uh, and so on, which is, in my opinion, extremely, and I think in paradoxically probably, some people might not agree with me, but I think extremely, extremely dangerous. Uh, I think Nietzsche will agree with me, actually. This idea that all of a sudden I am free to do whatever I want and I never choose what I want. And I'm constantly in this flux of moving from one fad to the other and being <laughs> uh, influenced, not just by, not by religion anymore, but from that power structure where the power structure was clear and you kind of can defend yourself, right? I always think that with a good critical thinking, you can always discern the bullshit from what is not bullshit in power structures there are strong power structure like the one of the church or the one of the state well now you are embedded in relationships there are still relationships with power is exerted but in such more diffuse way it is so difficult for you to understand that you're being manipulated it's much more difficult for you to understand that you're still within a power structure and that is mm. This is making you do stuff that you don't recognize anymore. Filtering right. the bullshit is not as easy in those non-structures. It's, it's because there's not an obvious <clears throat> formal thing. You kind of get yeah. tricked into believing that like, oh, and now there's just, this autonomy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to make a stupid example and just to, you know, for the, for the young people listening, 
I know that this is not as simple as I'm describing it, but just bear with me. Like it's this idea that when you are on TikTok and when you are on Instagram or on on Twitter, <laughs> or actually on X and whatever, that you're talking to other people, right? There is not a structure that is pushing for a specific idea or ideology or anything like that. But there is a collection of individuals. They're all saying the same thing. I have a buffet of stuff, so I can choose whatever I want. I'm free, right? I'm getting, I'm getting into these free conversations. Well, instead, because of the way alg- the algorithms are structured, that's not exactly the case. You're exactly. being fed exactly uh, what opinion it is that you're supposed to be fed at that point and being part of a power structure. 100%. And if, you, if, if you're not nuanced, you're just screwed because you think you're living freely and you're not. Yeah, and the, the most easy piece of evidence of this is you look at your home search page of Instagram and then look at someone else's. If you were yeah. really seeing the objective world, you'd be seeing the same exact stuff. But you're not. Which is terrifying, though, because sometimes because of this social media stuff, now people associate only with people they are getting the same feed. And make the assumption that that is the only view that exists. And that makes that view reality for them because then all of a sudden, again, we are deciding that that thing is reality because everyone that I know so how can we all be wrong right there is a there's a few people that I talk to that they don't truly realize I'm talking adults forget the kids actually I think my kids have this more clear than some people that are a little older than your generation specifically Mm -hmm. Uh, and people that are a little older than you and a little a little younger than you, I want to say, and also people that are a little older than me. I think these are the people that are in really, really in trouble. But mm. um, so I talk to some of these people, and I think when I talk to them, I can see that for them, there is not a shred of a doubt that the feed and the things that they see, it is the absolute truth, because that's all they have, because they they live at this point, mostly through those platforms, which I know you hate, but... To me? So I'm, <laughs> so I'm not... Uh, I don't have to convince you of this, but it's scary. It's scary because I think... And it's getting worse, and it's going to get worse because for reasons... Here we go. One of those explanations that we would disagree with uh, for the real reasons, right? <coughs> I think that the system in which we live has created as monsters, uh, which are this human beings that live completely dissociated from other human beings. They only exist in their house and in their place of work and the place of consumption. And then they interact with others only through a screen uh, and through a keyboard. And that's... And especially if you're lazy to begin with, right? If you're somebody that doesn't want to interact with people mm-hmm. because you're maybe uncomfortable for some sort of reason, you're not pushed to to kind of go beyond this, this being uncomfortable and mingle with people. You are pushed. I mean, the push is for you to stay home. Again, we didn't even go to. I I brought my daughter to an event, and the, at the what is now the closest and only movie theater there is in the place where I live. And it's a big, big, uh, one of those uh, regal 
movie theaters. And it was Friday night, 7 p.m. Oh, don't I know what you're going to say. This is going to depress me. Like, nobody was there. <sighs> it was just the kids. They So think of this. The movie theater rented rented a piece of the movie theater to the school, to sixth graders on a Friday night. Do you think that this would have happened 10 years ago? Jeez. Like, there were three cars. I, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but there were, like, so few yeah. cars there. We didn't even do that. We don't even experience uh, those those aesthetic things together anymore, which was part of what made those things good. Yeah. I've been to a couple of concerts lately, and people just, I mean, I know it's cliche, but they just look at the concert through their phone. Right. I'm going to, which is so, so I always think about that. And I think there's the Anthony's obvious about critique. To <laughs> about to. Um, there's the obvious critiques. And then there's also a kind of adjacent side ones where I'm like, what are you going to do with that video? You're going you're gonna to go, he? what are you going to watch that like poorly <laughs> like angled and sound of it? Like that's what yeah. you're going to do? It's, don't take me wrong. I took a couple of pictures, of course. I have like a 30 second video of the beginning of a song. But then I watched the concert and, mm. and I, you know, with the others, which is what you're supposed to do, I think. But I was thinking, um, we're, when, we're turning into cranky old man. When we <laughs> turning into uh, talking about the feed stuff, I was thinking about the uh, simulacra and simulation, right? Where it's like a map of a non-existent thing. Yeah, you know, this whole idea that. There's a landscape that I am metaphorically navigating, mm-hmm. and this is this is what had. Did you see that video that everyone is? Did you see those pictures that yeah. everyone? And it's so crazy because we witnessed the shift. For I'm going to use Facebook as an example of early Facebook when, let's say, you had a hundred friends. You saw 100 different people to when you started just seeing like 12 people. Like we saw that happen. And yep. everyone knows that you yep. don't see all of the things posted by all of the people you follow. And yet somehow we have forgotten this such that when we see representations of certain mm-hmm. events, we think, oh, no, no, no. But that is the absolute truth, right? Yeah. And this is yeah. clearly not the case because platforms are owned by people and by mm-hmm. governments, which, again, people don't think about. Um, and you see the, the home pages of TikTok, for example, of people in different countries. And it's different messages with completely different values, right? And this is not a coincidence, <laughs> that certain things are being propagated and yet people are so certain right and i talk to my students about this like this is the this is what's happening i'm like okay well perhaps it is the case that 90 percent of what you're seeing is this that doesn't mean that's actually 90 percent of what's happening all that means is that the system is a trying to influence you to believe certain things and or b satisfying you 
according to what you spend more time on with your eyes because mm-hmm. it's more like profitable uh, yeah. to whoever is running this thing. And, and people at this point might be listening, being like, what does this have to do with atheism? <laughs> and I think the answer is, well, a lot, because I think this is one of those co-occurrences yeah. where the, the disappearance of the foundation, at least in a, on a surface level, mm-hmm. is, let's call it, non-arbitrarily co-occurring with, as I said in the beginning, a shift in the relationship I have towards myself and towards others with regard mm-hmm. to freedom, as you said, and also potentially the one I was contending um, with the state. And this is, this is not accidental, right? Your view on God or the universe, just like Descartes said, is going to determine all of your other beliefs, right? And so you have this increasingly isolated culture that is mm-hmm. happening in a way where it's presented as the exact opposite. No, 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 no. We're increasingly connected, man. What are you talking about? I am with others. We have these communities, right? It's very dystopian where you have the exact opposite thing of what's being presented. Uh, what's, it's, it, right, right. It's this kind of idea. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. We can keep talking about this, but. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's scary. Um, and I think. But so this, like, to simplify, right, this is the answer to your question is the co-occurrence with at least the surface level thing called atheism is non-arbitrarily co-occurring with these changes in how we see and act towards ourselves and other people and the state and whatever. And it has something to do with, as you said, freedom and, and the view that more of any kind of freedom is good. Well, uh, right? yes. I, I, and I wish that the view was just more freedom equal good. Because that, you know, you can argue more or less for that. But the issue is that what what people have been sold is not freedom. <laughs> Again, it's just a different size shackles. <laughs> mm. Well, it's, it's, it's the individual, right? It's like a non... So there's this word individualism, and it comes up in classical political philosophy as meaning one thing. Um, and I don't think that's the thing I'm mentioning. I just mean a kind of greater concern with some aspect of this thing I call myself is good, so, right? Because I'm in charge. And the number one goal is <coughs> I am directing all things in the movie. It's kind of a form of narcissism, I guess, or... That's what Chuhan says, right? He, he says the, yeah. the cult of authenticity, yeah. narcissism. He says this is the root of depression, actually. Yeah, which is possible. Um, I, yeah, and I think that you're right. And, and there are, like, and the risks that we mentioned <coughs> are serious ones, right? Like the, this, this idea that all of a sudden you're falling prey of diffuse form of powers that are not structured and easily recognizable. I think this is one of the largest, one of the, the most important. Um, but there's also, to mention depression and stuff like that, right? There's also the loss that comes the moment you stop believing in God, the moment you, you declare yourself falsely to go in your direction, an atheist, right? Or you're removing yourself from this. 
structures, there is also sometimes the opposite reaction. Everything loses meaning. You're not able to replay to replenish that the, the void with TikTok, which as much as bad as it is, it is still replenishing it. And that leads to depression. That leads to 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 being unsatisfied, to sadness, and not in terms of the normal existential human condition we can call it right right not dread not angst no 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 i'm not talking about that because those things i mean we talked i don't think we talked about this but i think that me and you both believe that there are situations in your life there are moments in your life where those things are normal and are supposed to occur and you're supposed to overcome and that's part of the human experience uh, but i'm talking about this almost unescapable sense of doom that I feel some people have because all of a sudden they have they're lacking the well they're lacking that divinity first of all right that you can kind of grasp on when you are when you're desperate right but they're also lacking the communal the communal support that that structure brings and you're alone and there's this, this sense of like that's it. This is. This doesn't make any sense. This is it. That's. I don't want. I don't want to live. Right. And I think that that's the other aspect of it, and which I think is more. I don't know if it's more Nietzschean, but uh, I think that Nietzsche isn't there too. Right. Um, and those are two sides of the same. The same coin. Mm. Like the the the. But, but but maybe again. Maybe I'm just just a cranky old man. I don't know. No, but it, it's certainly true that if you have. So let's say I'm decorating, that's not what you say, setting the table, decorating, the, I mean that too, and I have the tablecloth, and then mm-hmm. I start putting the dishes and the plates full of food, and then I do like a nice fancy tower, big crazy fondue chocolate thing, and I have a bunch of, I don't know, mm-hmm. fruit on the top. In theory, or at least ostensibly in theory, I could just very quickly remove the tablecloth like a magician and then conceive of all that stuff still being there because there's nothing essential definitionally seemingly um, about the relationship between the tablecloth and then all the things on the table but in actuality you can't you can't do that right like you can't just say I could maybe conceive of these things as existing without these other things, without contradiction. Therefore, they will automatically and successfully carry over to a system mm-hmm. without that bottom thing. And I think this is exactly Nietzsche's point with the death of God, right? It's like, so <clears throat> we're going to, and this is now for people who are legitimately atheists, I guess. You have this que- this. N- not insignificant question, to put it lightly, of how you're supposed to have a whole system of values and even a system of um, epistemology and ontology based in this thing, on this foundation. And we're going to say, okay, we're going to remove the foundation, but keep all of that stuff. You say that doesn't make sense. The stuff can't float in the air, and as soon as you remove the foundation, that stuff is going to collapse. 
So maybe we're in in the midst of of that, right? Of trying to little bit by little pull out the tablecloth and then just proclaim that the stuff's going to be there. See some of the stuff maybe tipping and being like, no, 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 but it's okay, but we can save it. And I guess the question is, what's the next step, right? Do we, do mm-hmm. we just continue to pull out the tablecloth and what happens in that case? Or do we admit at some point that we can't just pull out the tablecloth and maybe we have to think about this more carefully? Or do we go the complete opposite way? You would say the reactionary way and then just like stop touching the tablecloth and never touch it again. And I know this is a very abstract metaphor, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. Right? Systems of good and bad, systems of truth and knowledge and systems of politics. Absolutely. And uh, the question is the one that you just asked, right? What do we do, right? But it seems to be we've been moving. What's the game where you just pulled a little Jenga? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And you're right. I mean, we are now discovering what's happening when we it's like i think it's i think in, it's uh crime and punishment those two you right then at a certain point uh, the the protagonist i think what's his name Roskolnikov, i think uh, uh, and he says that he says something like if god is dead everything is allowed right yes yes in the most and, literal sense Yes, because then all of a sudden I don't have any ties anymore, any moral, social, whatever it is. Because right, that's right. What, that was like the foundation, as you as you called it. Um, and I think that <laughs> that is the essence of what we're talking about. That that piece of metaphysics played for so long, so large of a role in the way societies were structured. That now that we are eroding, we're eating at this thing right we're getting this this thing to the point that that we we're removing all the all the tiles to, to stay within your metaphor now we are in a in a new position which is okay and now what hmm. and we don't know now what um and i and maybe we're approximating eventually the the ubermensch stage right and there's going to be some people that are born already when this thing is being removed. And then they will need to create <laughs> their own bodies. This doesn't have to be bad, right? But for sure, it creates instability. For sure, it creates turmoil, right? Because it's a, it's a completely new experience for all of us. Yeah, I'm thinking um, if you told someone, imagine a triangle, but they didn't have three sides. They're like, that's impossible. Because mm-hmm. it is. But then if you say, okay, imagine um, a system where these certain things are good and these certain things are bad and we have institutions that reflect these things, but without the theistic underpinnings, they go, well, of course I can do that. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's, there's no definitional interminglement happening there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the issue is either there is under the surface and we don't see it or there's not. And we have like what could be considered the closest thing the empirical realm has to a contradiction, 
right? Because there can't really be empirical contradictions because like, everything is yeah. is contingent um, in a kind of Humean, Husserlian sense. But it's almost like we have these empirical contradictions. Like, okay, can you think of these things separately? Yes. Can they actually play out like that? No. No. And a very basic example, which I don't know if people are going to like this, but it's like, let's say you grew up in a household with both of your parents. And then one day you, you know, you, you've learned things, you're, you're conscious enough to where you kind of know how to feed yourself and talk to people or whatever and go to a job or something. And then one day you, your parents are dead, just both of them. Do you go like, ah, and now I no can, problem. can, no problem. <laughs> exactly. I could do the same things. All those same values and routines can now exist in exactly the same way unaffected. Of course not. And so if you're willing to admit that, then why would the, as Nietzsche says, death of God, which is like millions of times that, yeah. why would that be any simpler? It can't be. Uh, to add to what you're saying, which I think is correct, um, there's also the not small feat of the fact that most human beings seem to long for order and structure. Oh. And um, they, I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't... Um, Most human beings, I'll say it this way. Most human beings, I think, have addictive personalities. Okay. And they are addicted to, most human beings are addicted to, to something, right? And the principal, the major addiction for centuries and centuries and centuries was this idea of God. Now we have removed that. And there's a lot of junkies around there looking for... <laughs> For something else to do. It's like that their drug of choice is no longer viable. Mm. For whatever reason. And now they're looking for whatever they can sub it with. Mm. And that is the issue, right? So we, we ditched the opiates and now we have fentanyl. Exactly. In a literal and figurative <laughs> sense. Yeah, yeah. And now but but they need their fix, right? They need their fix. And if they don't get that, some of them die and, you know, kind of crawl into a ball and cry and whatever it is. But others break everything that surrounds them. This is exactly the condition which we're in right now. Mm. And I think that this need for something, this need for, for a meaning that most people have, is not fulfilled anymore. And that's dangerous, I think. That's all. Uh, yeah, and I think the, the kind of mantra of the day is in many ways the mantra of philosophy in general, which mm -hmm. is that we have to think carefully yep. about things. And sometimes we're right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we think we're right and we are, but not all the time. And... Things are sometimes more complicated than they seem. Mm -hmm. The shadows on the wall cast by the fire, right, aren't uh, actual reality. And 
because of this difficulty, mm -hmm. we should maybe not be so sure all the time of these very like macro level complex things as Socrates has pointed out to us. And in, in mm -hmm. those instances, we shouldn't say Socrates is a fascist and kill him. <laughs> Or that he was corrupting the youth or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and we should just keep, keep going, right? Philosophically through this thing and have these conversations. Because if we don't, then to echo your language, we're, we're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I, yeah, and to, to keep on with the metaphor of decay, right? And I think there is an importance there. Um, sometimes, sometimes I think I'm culpable of this as well, mm. and I think you're culpable of this as well. Okay. Uh, I think that <clears throat> even if we know that some things that people are looking at are shadows on the wall, we don't have to forget that before we get out of the cave and before we go outside and before the people can look at the sun, they need to adjust. That otherwise it's painful. And the same thing goes with if you are an atheist, right? If you don't believe in God, right? In this specific conversation, and you're convinced that other people are deluded, right? That's not a good idea to call them deluded. It's not a good idea to destroy and desecrate whatever these people have believed in and all of a sudden try to awaken them because that's not going to be useful because these people are not going to see what you see because they're still mm. unable to adjust to that. There's a process for that. That's what education is supposed to be, right? Uh, to be able for you to kind of see for yourself without me telling you and to give you the time. And it's not something that's done in a semester because you need time to adjust to the brighter light and then eventually be able to go outside and then eventually look at things themselves in the sun. Yeah, and it, this goes multiple ways, right? Multiple directions. Um so atheism at the end of the day, there, I guess to recap before we leave, it, there seems to be m multiple forms of it, some mm -hmm. that are more literal than others, mm -hmm. and some that are more, I guess, atheistic than atheism proper. And we see a bunch of the different reasons why people gravitate towards these things. And I'm sure even after this, we're going to think of something that we're like, oh, we should have talked okay. about that. That always happens. Absolutely. And that's, uh, that's kind of But for now, I think it's enough. Some, we, but, you know, we'll get the atheists sending us the email. Yeah, and of course. And that'll be fun. Send us any questions or you think we got something wrong, yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that would, it's <clears throat> inevitable, right? Uh, well, again, you're listening to this the day after Christmas, so very, very... Hope, hope Santa apt. was good to you. <laughs> um, well, we'll see each other soon, me and you. That's right. We're going to go... Uh, do we want to say something about the walk? Well, that will be past the walk already, so... Well, that doesn't no, make no, sense so, to say oh, yeah, maybe in the in the first one. Yeah, maybe in the first one you want to add something at the beginning. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's it. We'll see you guys. Yeah, we we had been on a walk. <laughs> Indeed, we had been, and you had been there, maybe too. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, you guys have a good night, day, whatever time you're listening to. All right. See you around. <laughs>